Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter Counter, and I am the editor-in-chief of Fine Biometrics, the internet's leading source of global identity management news, interviews, and thought leadership. On this special edition of ID Talk, I am pleased to present my co-host Susan Stover in conversation with Dr. Joseph Attic, executive chairman of ID for Africa. Their conversation begins with talk of how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected the identity industry in Africa and how the ID for Africa organization is adapting to the new normal through virtual channels and a hybrid event model. Dr. Attic delves into the ID for Africa movement's ongoing initiatives to bring identity to the underserved and the role that biometrics and mobile ID technologies are playing in the region's digital transformation. ID for Africa remains a key component to understanding the evolution of identity on a global scale. This interview is a great starting point to learn more. So without further ado, here is Susan Stover in conversation with ID for Africa Executive Chairman Dr. Joseph Attic right here on the ID Talk podcast. Welcome to ID Talk. I'm Susan Stover, VP of Digital Content here at Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World. And in today's special episode, I'm joined by Dr. Joseph Attic, Executive Chairman for ID for Africa. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Attic. Thank you for having me. So to launch right in, from your vantage point, how has the response to the COVID-19 pandemic changed how we look at identity? And how will ID for Africa be addressing those issues? In fact, I would say um, the impact on identity has been very broad. It's not just the impact on the practitioners in the identity industry or the governments that are involved in launching identity programs or the development agencies that are involved in promoting them. But I think there has been an appreciation by a growing um, number of new entrants Uh, such as governments who need to service the people who have not thought about the importance of identity in the past, who are now caught unprepared, realizing that had they had digital identity assets that they could deploy to identify and deliver urgent services to their people, the situation would have been uh, a lot better or or less harsh on uh, their their people. So I think um, the, the impact has being broad in the sense that a bigger community now appreciates the importance of identity and there is a sense of urgency in the, in the way uh, they want that, uh, that capability. It's not a- anymore the large-scale 10-year projects. They want it now. Uh, it's not a discussion about a legal identity in the next 10 years. It's a discussion about digital identity today. And so that creates a certain momentum in, in, in all the stakeholders that are involved who have been working under a different rhythm. I mean, in the past, we've been working in a rhythm uh, dictated by the sustainable development goals. We, we, we know the challenge um, of trying to give everybody an identity by 2030, um, no matter whether it's digital or legal, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, that was a rhythm now we have to be working on a different rhythm. And when that rhythm has been accelerated and broadened, uh, the the access has been broadened, we see uh, a stress on the system, meaning uh, the industry needs to innovate. Um, The governments need to take decisions faster and need to deploy systems faster. The development agencies need to ensure that these deployments have the finance 
that they need in order for them to um, be successful, but also that they have the frameworks for protection and the frameworks for respect of the human and legal rights of the people who are the data subjects. As far as id for africa is concerned, we are sort of at the center of all of this. We've been coordinating the flow of information and the knowledge across these sectors and and we finding ourselves in a an important place because we think we we see a mission we see a mission that has become even more relevant and and so what do we do to respond to that mission we cannot wait till the world reopens and we reunite our method in the past has been to bring the community together once a year and develop the agenda discuss the progress now just like everything else you cannot afford to wait that long and so we've jumped into the virtual world we've adopted a hybrid model where immediately we're able to connect with our stakeholders and then give them a forum where they can exchange information the information they need in order to take decisions or execute on developments or share knowledge related to innovations and uh, there's a collaborative spirit that that has emerged and of course uh, we will be bringing the community back together uh, in a physical place uh, as soon as it's safe to do and as soon as governments will allow us to do and as soon as airlines are able to carry us all together but i would say this has been a, a mixed environment we, we've had a situation where it was a wake-up call to many governments and it was a validation uh, of others who have been saying identity is important we need we need to do this so those who have been calling for identity and for developing uh, service linked identity have been vindicated and they are now being given a little bit more of a green light to say go ahead and implement so we're now in a in a phase where implementations become very very important and it, it has to be in the matter of months not matter of years Absolutely. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about the initiatives? You, you just touched on a hybrid approach uh, that ID for Africa has been implementing on a digital platform. Yes, ID for Africa believes that the engagement with its community has to reflect the urgency of the demand that exists in, in the world globally. It needs to be um, rapid, it needs to be continuous, and it needs to extend across jurisdictions and it needs to be efficient in the sense that we need to be able to reunite the, the experts and reunite the stakeholders supply and demand uh, in a global manner. So our hybrid model consists of basically adopting a very, very intense and active Zoom platform where our community gets together through a series of innovative webinars that I've been animating and we will be bringing in a whole lineup of thematic ones, but at the same time recognizing that the engagement will be more enforced if there is a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel or there's a point in time where the community knows that we are going to get back together physically. While we're excited about, about the virtual world, we believe um, nothing can replace the intensity and the sparks of, uh, sparks of inspiration that happen when you bring in people together in a physical location to discuss a common theme. So, um, but the realities of COVID has made uh, the requirement of being, being in this hybrid model uh, a constraint and, and we've adapted to, to do that. It also demonstrates a certain resilience of the movement in the sense that, you know, when, when you run a webinar and, and you have 800 people 
attend a webinar of which 48 to 50% are actually African governments. That just shows you that there is an engagement despite the infrastructure challenges that sometimes happen, there is a, a hunger for exchange knowledge and for a community ap approach, collaborative approach. We've seen a solidarity in, in that regard and the hybrid model essentially is our response to, to that solidarity. Um, in addition to COVID-19, what are some specific challenges for the African region when it comes to identity ID for Africa is addressing? First and foremost, the biggest challenge in Africa continues to be identifying who should be in the registers for identity. Because at the end of the day, if the people are still invisible, you are not going to reach them. So step number one continues to be making the invisibles visible. And for that, we need to be enrolling and onboarding massive numbers of, of, of the population. And those have been excluded. The, those are who we call the missing billion. The missing billion um, continue to be outside the system. And actually, the, the, the situation of, of exclusion has become even worse because not only have they been outside the system, the pathway to entering the system has been blocked. Confinement measures, closure of bureaus uh, for assistance, uh, closure for bureaus, of bureaus for enrollment means that the population that was excluded does not have a means to actually be included, to enter the system. And it's happening at a time when it's most needed because this, the social uh, safety nets need to be activated. But if you are not known to the system, you will not be included in the social safety nets. And so I, I think that the challenge right now is the enrollment of the population, but it's a double challenge. It's a double challenge because in the past, it was difficult to reach out to the population and motivate them to enroll and bring them in. There were not enough bureaus, et cetera, et cetera. Today, we have to bring the population despite social distancing, despite the, con the fear of contagion, despite the closures of government uh, bureaus, et cetera. So we have to bring in uh, mechanisms for enrollment that are very innovative. We have to bring in self-enrollment. We have to bring in maybe enrollment through other uh, mechanisms such as commercial identity, social identity, community identity. Um, there's a whole slew of innovations that are going to help us grow the, the ranks of the known, of the known people and, and bring, open up more doors to let them enter into the identity ecosystems. Okay. So that challenge is driving all of the work right now in Africa, the majority of the work in Africa. The second challenge, which continues to be there, and it's also being driven by, by COVID or made, made more uh, pronounced by COVID, is the need to essentially transition the, into a digital state, digitalization transformation. And for digitalization to take place, we need to be able not just to identify people and onboard them digitally and screen them digitally. We need to be able to link services, deliver services to them, meaning reach out to them with some digital services, but also payment platforms. We need to be able to uh, link them to a payment platform so that value adds can, can, can function. And, and so basically digital transformation, specifically in the context of building service linked 
to identity and also building payment systems become uh, continually uh, a challenge. Then you move on to um, very specific sectorial challenges that, that in addition to the digital transformation at the macro level, in addition to the foundational identity at the macro level, we have functional challenges that are sector specific. And, and I mentioned a few sectors that have become very important and we're very engaged in them. Elections. Elections are the foundations for democracies um, and the COVID pandemic has made a situation which was challenging in the past even more challenging. How can we ensure that the registers are legitimate? How can we ensure that we can enroll people into these registers, the election registers, uh, when, when there is a challenge for enrollment? How do we know that these, these people who got enrolled are not ghosts or are not essentially robots, et cetera? So it's making the, the, the electoral and process and democracy a challenge. Uh, the second challenge in the sectorial context, we were talking about borders i mean we've seen how covid had impacted and disrupted the flow of of human traffic the flow of, of people and air and airline traffic and even even borders that have been closed physical borders have been closed so um how do we reopen the skies reopen the borders and allow people to simply free movement bring back free movement without becoming a vector for contagion so that's been a challenge. Of course, uh, health. Health has also become a very important. Um, you, you need to um, start linking health data to identity in order to manage populations, to make sure that they are not continuing the contamination of others, the confinement of certain segments of the population as a result of uh, emergence of, of infections, etc. So public health has become a major, major driver for identity systems. It's it's the it's the la latest addition in a series of, of things that drove our community forward. I mean, if, if you've been around long enough to see in the beginning, it was facilitating travel that drove us forward. Then September 11 came and it became the national security concern. Then Adhar, the India project came and we saw the value of identity for development. And of course, ID for Africa was founded, ID for D, the World Bank was founded. And then now public health has become become a driver. And I can go on and on. I can tell you that in the in the in the education sector, uh, there are now challenges. How do we make sure that that remotely children are able to participate? And it's not just a question of identity or credit, giving them credit for participation. It's a question of reach, access. So I think I can state, and I'm I will be stating it not just for myself, but for many of my colleagues that have been working in the identity for development context, uh, we've not worked as hard as we're working right now. We've not since the start of our careers, many of them have, have made the same statement to me. And the reason this is happening is because we find ourselves at the center of a crisis that is requiring identification. And, and so, we as a community have two options. We either can be passive and let the world carry us through, or we can take the initiative to say, we have been lucky to have an important mission for which we need to deliver a solution to the global community. And, and we need to be doing this in total openness, in total transparency, with collaboration, and, and with, with opportunities for multi-stakeholders to bring their value so we can accelerate the situation um, in response to the COVID. So as sad as it may be, as frustrating as it may be, 
there is a sense of front lines. There are people who are on the front lines uh, fighting and trying to deliver uh, COVID response and identity is at the heart of their work. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to Africa's digital transformation as it relates to identity, how do you see biometrics and mobile identity playing a specific role? In fact, both biometrics and mobile were important elements before the COVID pandemic for the identity management in, in Africa. Um, but since the, the, the pandemic, both have been catapulted um, with some nuances, of course, um, have been catapulted to the forefront. Uh, mobile has become the mechanism of choice by which people prefer to access services and access the, the identity-enabled use. Even things as mobile ID. In the past, mobile ID was developing and it was a nice to have. In many cases, in many countries now, it's not just a nice to have, it is the choice that you want. It's the first thing you want to choose because it is the one that guarantees you that you don't become a vector for infection, etc. Uh, with biometrics, clearly the value of biometrics is well established, so I don't need to repeat that to your audience, but I will say that there has been a big shift. Uh, there has been a question in whether uh, this is the end of contact biometrics or whether, in fact, there is light at the end of the tunnel where new innovations such as self-disinfecting sensors, which would be antimicrobial coating and other luminescent, luminescence uh, mechanisms to, to do that. Uh, but, of course, there are other alternatives uh, such as contactless fingerprints. Now there's strong interest. Governments did not take them seriously. They're taking them seriously. Face. Face has, has been, yet again, one more driver to face an iris. And so I, I think it's a very healthy moment for innovation in the biometric industry and the mobile industry. And there's a convergence between the two of them. There are ready-made customers, ready-made applications waiting for these innovations to be realized into practical implementations at a, at a very, very fast rate. And as we... As we look forward to, you know, a time where we can't gather in a physical way, when you look forward to that, who should be attending ID for Africa or your online webinars for that fact? I think anybody who has any relation to identity, whether they are producers of identity or consumers of identity, need to be part of the dialogue. And anybody who has concerns about identity need to be part of the dialogue. Uh, we see basically the, the government authorities, not just the identity authorities, we see all the sectors. In any given country, we see 16 or 17 different uh, sectors that are very much identity stakeholders in their country. Those, they need to be there. We see the industry. If you have anything related to identity, that you can bring a solution, you can bring a technology, you can be part of the supply chain, you need to be there. And if you are a development agency and, and, and you have development programs that rely on digital transformation and digital identity in order to promote social and economic development in these countries, you need to be there. And by the way, in the hybrid model, we will have the physical as a priority number one, but we will also be streaming live sessions uh, so that people who are choose, who choose to attend physically, who are comfortable to attend physically, will benefit from that intensity of collaboration between, between like-minded people 
while those who might have special conditions or are afraid uh, or have concerns can be not not they're not left out of the dialogue because they will be able to access the dialogue at a distance not it's not the same quality because they are not really uh, active as much however we don't want to leave anyone behind in this community i'd say since the covid crisis has started our ID for Africa community has grown. Uh, more and more government sectors that have not paid attention to identity are reaching out to try to learn about it. And definitely a huge number of new entrants in the digital identity space, innovators, startups, scale-ups, many types of companies that have now all of a sudden discovered that they have something to contribute. So they've become, they're coming in and they're becoming part of the ID for Africa community. So we've been growing. And uh, where can our listeners find out more? The best place to find out more is to follow us on three channels. It's the ID for Africa website. The other one is our social media channel, which is the uh, YouTube, because our YouTube channel, uh, media channel is called ID for Africa Media where we've been putting a lot of our uh, content. And then, of course, the Knowledge Hub, the ID for Africa Knowledge Hub. All of those are linked from idforafrica.com. The Knowledge Hub has been basically adding short articles, um, executive summary of, of issues, uh, opinions, etc. And, and they're easily accessible. We, we've been pushing them out uh, one article at a time once a, once a week. And I will also be putting out uh, within the next set seven to 10 days, maybe sooner, a global summary of what I have learned from my consultations with our community regarding the impact of COVID. So be on the lookout for that, for that sort of large article that summarizes all of the, the consultations I've had with over 37 or 40 people. Well, we're very much looking forward to continuing to work with you. and. Uh promote that announcement through Find Biometrics. Thanks again for, for joining us today. We thank you for your support and we thank you for your continued interest in this timely subject. And so concludes Susan Stover's interview with Dr. Joseph Attic, Executive Chairman of ID for Africa. To learn more about the topics discussed in this episode, visit idforafrica.com. I'd like to thank Dr. Attic for joining us on this episode. And thank you again to Susan Stover, Vice President of Digital Content at Fine Biometrics, for conducting the interview. Our podcast theme music is by Logamrad. I have been your host, Peter Counter. Thank you for listening to the ID Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.